0: was the beginning of the new year, so we're kicking off the new year in the Christian calendar with Advent. And our earliest records of celebrating Advent go back as far as the 4th century. And and the word Advent comes from the Latin, Adventus, which means arrival. Arriving or coming upon the scene. So we're celebrating the arrival of Christ. And that really is the point of the season of Advent, to prepare us for the arrival of Christ celebrate is coming into the world, past, present, and future. Now, I like to think about it this way. All the decorating and eating and gift giving that we do, and the the songs that we hear played on the radio, I think of all that stuff as the half of celebrating Christmas. And Advent is the one. And so, this observance of Advent is, is a way for us to make sure that our celebration is about the The arrival of Jesus Christ into the world and into our lives. And so, a couple of weeks ago, we started with hope and celebrating the hope of Advent. Last Sunday, we celebrated peace, the peace of Advent. And the candles were lit on the Advent before them. And this Sunday, we lit the candle joy. As we celebrate the joy of that I really can't think of a more holy humble expression of joy for the arrival of Christ than what we find in Mary's song we call it the Magnificat from Luke chapter 1 where Mary expresses her thanks and her joy to God over the news that she's going to have a child who will be the Christ child. And you know, the way the story goes, Mary is told by the angel that she's going to have that child, but she's not even married yet, so she's never had relations with a man, and so there's no way that she could conceive and have a child, and yet the angel tells her she's going to. And it's God's gift to her and through her to the world. So Mary goes to visit her cousin, Elizabeth, and, and tells her about this. Elizabeth's also expecting, and the scripture tells us that the baby inside Elizabeth's room leaps at the news of the child of Mary. And when Elizabeth shares that with Mary, it's affirmation and confirmation of what the angel has told her. And so then, in response to all of this going on in her life, she utters these words that we call Mary's song. Now I'm going to read, for course, from Luke chapter 1, reading verses 46 through 55 and they'll be on the screen here as well Mary said with all my heart I glorify the Lord in the depths of who I am I rejoice in God my Savior he has looked with favor on the low status of his servant look from now on everyone will consider me highly favored because the mighty one has done great things for me holy is his name He shows mercy to everyone, from one generation to the next, who honors Him as God. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has fulfilled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has come to the aid of His servant Israel, remembering His mercy just as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants, forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. let yes. today is historically called Mary's Song, or the Magnificat, and the version that I read is the common English version of the Bible, which is a relatively new translation, so you notice it started out with Mary saying, with all my heart, I glorify the Lord. Of course, you may be accustomed to hearing a different translation, or especially that opening line said differently, uh, my soul magnifies the Lord, often how the Magnificat is known to start but I think even just those different translations and different wording help us get a full picture of what's going on there. For instance, where maybe traditionally we've heard my soul. In this version, Mary says, with all my heart. So put together, it gives us this understanding of where she's coming from, from the depths of who she is, with everything about her. This is her response to God. From her soul. All her heart. Maybe you know what I mean if you've ever said these words are having said to you, I love you with all my heart. You know what that's meant to convey. And then it's the same as well, whether on one translation it says that I glorify the Lord or I magnify the Lord. Right? To to magnify something is to make it bigger. And to glorify something or someone is to make a big deal out of them. And so what Mary's saying is, from the very depth of who I am, I'm going to make a big deal out of God and out of the Lord for what he has done and what he's doing. And so our scripture reading today opens with Mary saying, With all my heart I glorify the Lord, in the depths of me I rejoice. In God, my Savior. Now, personally, when I think of someone joyfully making a big deal out of someone else with all their heart and soul, in anticipation of their arrival, and especially at this time of year, I think of one particular scene from an iconic, classic Christmas movie, maybe the classic, Christmas movie. It's our favorite one in my house. You know the the movie I'm talking about, of course. It's the 2003 holiday film Elf starring (laughs) Will Ferrell as Buddy the Elf. You know the movie I'm talking about, right? it's everybody's favorite. It's a great Expression of the joy of the Christmas season, maybe in a little bit of a unique, different kind of way. But for the premise of the movie, right? And Santa goes to the house to deliver presents uh, one Christmas and a baby crawls into his sack of presents, and then he gets back to the North Pole with his bag and he puts it down, and crawls this baby. And so now all of a sudden there's a human baby at the North Pole. And the elves adopt the child and raise him, and he becomes one of the elves, except he's three times as big when he grows up, and and so then he finds out that he's not really an elf, and that he has a father who lives in New York City, and so Buddy the Elf sets out to find his dad in New York City. You remember this movie, right? Yes. Yeah. Has anybody already watched it yet? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so there's this scene when Buddy gets to New York, and he goes to one of the department stores. And he's dressed like an you know, elf, because that's who he is, and he wanders in to the area of the department store that they call the North Pole, and Santa's workshop. And, and he gets in there, and they mistake him as an employee. And so they think he works there. And then they make an announcement that really
1: sets buddy off. And so I wanted to share
0: that with you. see. So watch this. Oh, wow. What's this? This is North Pole. No, it's not Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the smile? Why are you smiling? It's like a smile. Smile is my favorite. <laughs> it didn't work your favorite. That's your favorite. Okay? Okay. Work is your favorite. Fine. Sign for okay, it, right. guys. An okay, people. Tomorrow morning, ten a.m. Santa's coming to town. Oh my. because you know you will. Watch those over. scenes in Santa's workshop and see if you can take him out. But I love Buddy's childlike amazement and wonder and awe and appreciation for the Christmas season. I think Jesus holds a special place for him. In fact, he said so when he told his disciples that truly entering into the kingdom of God means approaching God with the faith and wonder of a child. Like what? And that's part of what Advent season is about the anticipation, the excitement, the expectation, waiting for Christmas to arrive, welcoming God's kingdom into the world and into our lives like a child, with the joy of Buddy the Elf. I think Buddy has the same childlike joy at Christmas that I envision Jesus wanting for every one of us. Christ has come, and that gift gives us joy, excitement. Like Mary said, I rejoice. This is to be enjoyed and celebrated. Now, I think a childlike joy may be more significant and sophisticated than we give credit.
1: Because when I think of
0: childlike joy, I think of delight. I think of an inquisitive, open mind, believing, trusting, intuitive, genuine. I don't think a childlike faith is a blind faith, because a childlike faith asks questions, lots of questions. I don't think it's a dumb faith, because a a childlike faith is a thinking faith. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. I don't think that a childlike faith is a dull faith or a boring faith. Because a childlike faith is exploring, learning, adapting. Jesus is calling anyone who would enter heaven, who would live into the kingdom of God, to come in like a child. So I picture Buddy the elf. With wide eyes, and eagerness, and anticipation, and openness, not unlike probably all of us on Christmas morning at some point in our lives, no matter how old, but I guess especially when we were young. You know that feeling on Christmas morning. You wake up, expecting, anticipating that there's going to be a present for you. I don't know what it's been like in your house, but in our house with our children, at least when one of them is up, then all of them are up. And if they're up, we're up. No matter what time of day or morning, and there is no stopping that momentum that is headed toward the Christmas tree, right? With all of that excitement and joy, I I wonder if there's any feeling of joy that can rival that of a child opening a present at Christmas, you know, except maybe the joy of a parent watching a child open their present on Christmas, which makes me think of one particular Christmas when I was a child, coming into the living room on Christmas morning. Now, Santa didn't bring our presents to they put them under the Christmas tree. Santa put our presents on the fireplace. I don't know if he just couldn't make the rest of the journey from the fireplace to the tree or what, but that's where our presents went. And, And I remember this particular Christmas, I came into the living room that morning hoping, filled with joy, expecting, anticipating one specific gift. Have you had that moment where there was the one thing that you wanted for Christmas? Well, for me, that Christmas as a child, the one thing I wanted more than anything else was the Millennium Falcon. Yeah? yeah? You remember this? Anybody? And I don't mean like a little Millennium Falcon. I mean like the one, you know, you couldn't even get your arms around, it, it felt like as a kid. And you could even take the cover off the back and see inside of it, and, and that little round. Chess table or whatever that Luke Skywalker said at here You remember what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. I mean, this was the one thing I wanted more than anything else. And so I came in that Christmas morning expecting, hoping for, but filled with joy to get this. Day. And as far as I can remember, it is, the fact that my mother is in there is not going to change the way I tell the story. As far as I can remember, the first present I reached and grabbed and opened who was not a Millennium falcon was socks. socks. <laughs> <laughs> and you had that experience where you just knew you wanted a linen falcon and you got socks <laughs> Or underwear, t-shirt, or whatever it was. And all of that joy, <laughs> you know, because it was completely lost on me that somebody knew that even though I wanted the one and talk, talking about, I needed some socks. <laughs> and okay, now that I'm a few years separated from that experience and I've had time to recover and get over it and understand the wisdom of it. Um, it makes me think about the gift that we all receive at Christmas time. The gift of the Christ child. And how we experience it. Because sometimes we experience it in Millennium Falcon kind of ways. You know, just exciting, sparkly, shiny, cool, enjoyable, fun kinds of ways. And sometimes we experience it in packs of socks kind of ways. More practical, necessary, important for living life kind of ways. Like we we receive the gift of the, the freedom of Christ and the forgiveness, the, the grace and the mercy, and it brings a smile to our faces. And we're so thankful and filled with joy in receiving this gift this way. And sometimes we receive the gift, and it addresses our character, and our attitudes, and our habits. The way that we behave and think and treat other people, and we receive the gift in those kind of ways, which is part of the power of the story of Mary's song of how Mary receives the news of the gift of the Christ. Mary's response to this gift. gives us a completely different framework by which to even think about it. And now, let's be real about Mary for a minute, too, okay? Because that good news was a mixed bag at best for her. Right? For a minute, consider the plight of a first-century Jewish girl Young, recently betrothed to be married, but unwed, and now an unexpected mother to be. I imagine she was intimidated, scared, possibly feeling unworthy. Knowing that her condition at that time was scandalous in her culture. Even shame. And there may be some folks in the room here today whose plight is similar. Maybe you're here feeling intimidated. Scared. unworthy about the prospects of your future about where your life is today life doesn't seem to be especially joyful or bright in that moment Mary her response is to choose to see and to say God is blessing right now. I have the promise of the gift of the Christ with me and in me. And not just in a Millennium Falcon kind of way, or even in a socks kind of way, but in a different kind of way altogether. For her and for the whole world. And let's acknowledge I want to acknowledge it. at least that not everybody had the same privileged childhood experience that I did, where new, clean socks were just an afterthought, and the biggest and best toy could all but be expected at the fireplace from the tree. <coughs> Folks were for whom presents at Christmas or anytime, just not their reality. Truthfully, that's why I think Mary's song is so meaningful. Because Mary rejoices and says, "God has lifted up the load, has fed the hungry, God has pulled down the powerful and sent the rich away empty-handed." Mary's song is a statement, a declaration, and a prophecy. And in Christ having arrived and arriving still and arriving again, maybe it's about time again today for the lowly to be lifted up and not vilified or blamed. Maybe it's time today for some of the power to be taken out of the hands of the same old, same old and shit. For mercy to reign, not money. This is what God has done what God is doing and what God will do again. And like Mary, we can choose to see and to say that God is doing that. And more. In us and through us in me and through me. And we can rejoice. We can have joy. And we can smile. There are a few as powerful to warm the heart, as a big, genuine smile. Now, I'll put a caveat on that. I went uh, last summer with a team to Moscow, I worked with the United Methodist Church in Russia, and so we spent some time with the team in Moscow, training and equipping and encouraging the leaders of the the fledgling United Methodist Church that really has only gotten going in Russia in the last twenty-five years, and then we went with them out to another town a few hours away from Riazan, and we had been put on a camp for young adults to to encourage them to teach them about the faith. And while we were in Moscow, we were going around the city and seeing the sights with our folks from the Methodist Church there, uh, the locals, and uh, we're walking around the city just amazed. It it it's a beautiful place, incredible. But uh, but I'm walking around, you know I have smile on. I said, everybody I see is kind of the way I function, and maybe you're the same way.
1: You know, smile, even
0: sort of occasionally wave people. Hey, how you doing? That's the way we are. Well, nobody smiled back. Like nobody. No, the fact that I got a couple weird looks. You know, and I thought well, in America, American. Guy I can thinking, out I didn't. But we got back to the church, and where we were sitting all together, and had a conversation, and uh, and I talked. Uh, I brought up, you know. I'm, not smiling, I'm smiling I'm smiling for my joy. And they told me that if you smile in public there, in Russia, in Moscow, you're considered to be a fool. It's a, it's a sign that you don't have all your wits about you It's your idiot, basically, if you're smiling. And I mean, I was all over Moscow. <laughs> OK, so fair enough, but And for me, that was okay to a certain extent. In fact, there's scripture that tells us that our faith will seem like foolishness to the world. And so, I'm going to keep asking, even if it seems foolish. And, and actually, by the time we left, even some of the folks from the Methodist Church there are smiling back at me. Maybe some dividends here, you know. But, <laughs> Gift of joy, not knowing even yet what it fully can be and will be for us or for our world. Come on, you remember what it was like to be a child? We can receive the gift of the joy of the kingdom of God now, like a child, with wonder and amazement and anticipation with wide eyes and excitement exploring, asking questions we can discover more and more the divine reality that makes you say Jesus is coming And just even start here in this group for you. This Christmas season,
1: this Advent
0: season, preparation and celebration to receive the joy of the kingdom of God. And it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter what you've been through. We went to one of the Sunday school classes and got to sing happy birthday to Bill for his 95th birthday is today. Smiled near to year and laugh in the classroom. So what an example for all of us. That we can have the joy of Christ in our lives today. So as we sing and you reflect, I want to let you know this all the of is open for you. Come and kneel and pray. I encourage you. We see that.
1: Would you stand as we say, your Christian friend?
0: Would you?